What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, I have two guests on the show. We're going to talk about how do we, how can we keep our Airbnb safe with noise monitoring and smoke monitoring, and we'll have some really interesting short stories that we're going to share on this podcast. Uh, when I introduce my guests, uh, we have Mark Young. He's a very, very early Airbnb adopter. He started hosting in 2010. He was really one of the first people to uh, to be on the platform. Um, so that's uh, really awesome to have him on the show today. And we have Dora Du, and she is the head of marketing at Wind, which is a device that you can use actually to monitor noise and smoke. All right, so let's dive into it. Uh, uh, guys, welcome to the show. I want to give, you guys, give both of you a minute here to introduce yourself. Mark, let's, uh, let's, start, out, let's start out with you. Hey, Jasper. Thanks a lot for bringing us together. Uh, my name is Mark. Uh, I've been an Airbnb host uh, since 2010. Uh, very early adopter, always loved uh, being in the intersection of technology and real estate. Um, I always enjoyed, you know, Airbnb because at that time, it was doing something very, very interesting that was different than what VRBO was doing at that time. VRBO at that time kind of operated like almost like a Craigslist where you would connect directly to the the renter and the owner and then you would have to do the documentation separately offline. And it was sort of like, kind of like almost like paying for ad space kind of thing. Whereas Airbnb, they're like, no, we're going to cover the entire transaction. And we're also going to make this a seamless platform. We could go out and discover great places and build this really strong like host community. And I was always super fascinated by that, um, especially like, you know, I, I was hosting in San Francisco. Um, I had some places here. and also was one of the first um, hosts in Lake Tahoe. So when I listed my place, there was only one of 10 hosts on Tahoe. And that was kind of where I got into the whole, like trying to build the community around the scalable concept of being able to host while you're not present in the city. And I learned a lot from that process. It was really great to be part of that early Airbnb community. Awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'm excited to hear some of your stories. I know you have a few that are really interesting from the early days. Uh, uh, Dora, uh, give us a quick introduction. Hi, Jasper. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, I'm Dora. I lead the marketing team for Wind Technologies. Um, a little bit about me. Um, I've worked in the air quality space for uh, quite a while now. Um, I've been with Wind for over five years. Um, and um, Grew up a lot um, around short-term rental space, so um, my family is in the real estate space. So that's kind of where uh, both air quality and environmental monitoring and and uh, real estate kind of intersect for me. Awesome, yeah. We'll learn more about uh, wind during this podcast. It kind of uh, goes hand in hand with uh, the some of the stories that Mark will be sharing. So it's going to be very interesting. Uh, Mark, before before we dive into it, uh, I'd love to hear from you. What was it like to be an Airbnb host in 2010? I mean, I remember in the early days, you know, like I would meet Brian Chesky, and like he would, you know, he would uh, play, listen to my podcast and everything. It was so small. 
Um, but that was I, I got into it a few years after you. So I, I'm really curious, like, what was it like in 2010 when you joined Airbnb? So they had a very interesting story, like the founders, I'm sure like everybody's familiar with this story, how, you know, the original concept of Airbnb was actually born from the tenant experience. So it came from like the fact that, you know, there were no um, affordable options for um, people to stay in when they were like in town for like busy events, like conventions and stuff like that. So in order to try to make rent every month in San Francisco, like Brian and his friends from uh, design school, they basically, you know, set up uh, an airbed in their living room to host for a convention. And then um, I think someone had traveled all the way from India or something like that. And then um, that was their first guest. And so they actually, you know, were right there, making sure that the guest was happy, he kind of like took him on a tour of San Francisco when he was in town for this convention. And it was like a way that you could not, you could like meet in real life, like someone that would have been a complete stranger, but then you were sort of like, there was a transaction, of course, but there was also sort of like a real community building. It's like a real life social network, right? Because at that time, social networks were really exploding. But, you know, as we know, even up until today, like eventually social networks and AI and all these types of things, it's like, how real is this? And I think hosting from a community, a real community perspective is something that is kind of at the core fundamental heart of what Airbnb is. And that is like the ethos. They used to throw a lot of community events. They used to have ice cream socials for like 15 people with some of the founders were there. It was really like special time. I think. Some of this is also stems from the challenges that um, Brian and Joe originally had when they were trying to fundraise for the company. And they're out there trying to convince people like, yeah, uh, you know, we're going to create this network of people that are like kind of staying in other people's couches and, you know, sleep, you know, sleeping on airbeds. And, and I think a lot of investors, like they didn't get it or they just, you know, saw the downside and they didn't believe in it. And I think that the, the, the real passion that Brian and Joe brought to this company is a lot of like what really allowed it to succeed in the end. Cause they really built like a very strong, both um, guest and host culture. And that to, even to this day, as Airbnb is scaled to millions of homes, that's still super apparent. So every year they would grow, they would grow faster. They'd go into new markets. Um, you know, they would have conventions. They did the first one in San Francisco. Then they did another one, I think, in um, France. And so it, it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, ultimately, the company's evolved. And they're not just doing, you know, short-term rentals now. They're doing experiences. They're doing longer-term stays. This has become an overall, like, sort of like, you know, a, 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 a new hospitality company for, you know, the modern, the modern uh, traveler and host. Yeah, you know that's what's really funny is um, there's a there's a tool called uh, it's a webarchive.org. What I always love doing is like going back to um, like looking up the Airbnb website and then going back to like you know 2009 and 2010 and seeing how that website evolved. Um, and yeah, if you look at the the site back back then, it was it was still called Air Bed and Breakfast, and I it just looks completely different than what it looks like now and i think brian had to he in some period like he actually 
lived in in you know, different Airbnbs at that time, and they were like you know scattered around different cities. He started in New York, and then he moved on to other cities. And what was really funny was like originally, like he took all the photos. So he would take the photo. He would like basically like the photographer who's the founder of the company, CEO, and he's like staying, you know, on your couch, and he's like taking the listing photos for you and like helping you build, you know, your listing. Because I remember like a lot of those days was like even like teaching people how to list your home on on Airbnb and how to describe it and like what photos you want to you know take and all these types of things. It was all very new. Um, but it was exciting because it was, it was like, you know, this is like a very new way. I think, you know, especially like in a market like, like Tahoe, um, people have been traveling and booking homes, um, you know, to stay in so that multi-generations of families can go up there and enjoy the ski cabin for the season. Those types of things have been happening for like a very long time. So um, in this particular case, like, you know, I, I felt like Tahoe was just like sort of like a natural um, extension for the company at that time. But what we had to kind of iterate um, was the fact that um, unlike in San Francisco, where you're doing a shared uh, space, there was someone staying on your couch or maybe you go off for vacation, someone says in your place for a week, like in Tahoe, you're generally not there. Uh, you're generally doing it remotely. You have to have a maid service. You have to have a check-in, check-out type of process. You have to have, you know, all of your maintenance uh, for a home needs to be completed remotely. You have to have, you know, potential monitoring systems or like um, snow removal in the winter, uh, you, know, you know, driveway resealing in the summer, hot tub maintenance all these types of things that we you would have to do remotely. And I think these are the types of challenges that they had to overcome as a company to allow them to scale, not just, you know, for like, you're staying on my couch and I'm here right in front of you, but like a host that can kind of monitor and manage a property, both the front end and the back end from a remote location. And then once Airbnb solved that, whole nother level of like hyper growth happened where like, you know, now it's very common. You have like companies that like manage, you know, properties on behalf of hosts. You have hosts that manage their own properties, but all around the world and not necessarily like in the, in that original situation where it started, where it was just like, you know, host and guest in the same flat together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, it's been a pretty interesting journey for the last like 13 what is it? Airbnb was founded in 2007 or 2008, I think it was. Um, it's a very interesting story, very inspiring as well. Uh, one of the lessons that I always take away from from Airbnb story is, you know, how how important like the team is versus the idea, right? Yeah. Because the you know, as you mentioned, like they were having so much problem, like. Uh, trying to raise money for the company. And looking back now, we can clearly say that it was a great idea, like Airbnb. But it really, like, if you would have given that idea to, like, 200 teams, there's probably only, like, one or two teams that would have, you know, actually, right. like, uh, brought it to execute it on the, on the idea because it was so challenging, right? It's so difficult. So it's, it's very inspiring. One of the, you know, highlights of the early days of Airbnb in my memory was... Um, the fact that Airbnb really promoted well 
the uniqueness of individual homes that you could rent for these kinds of experiences that would be entirely different than staying like in a cookie cutter, uh, you know, hotel or, you know, that type of thing, like, you know, staying in a chain of Hilton's or something like that. Whereas like an Airbnb, you can get a home that is very specific to that particular place that you're going, pro provides a kind of experience that is very unique. Um, my home in Tahoe, we were pretty honored to be featured as one of the um, top 50 Airbnbs around the world. They did this thing at that time where they had the top 50 Airbnbs around the world and they built like physical birdhouses uh, to replicate all these different homes. And so it was really awesome to see someone build my actual home, like a model of it in the Airbnb office. And they used it to shoot a commercial where um, they called, it was like the birdhouse campaign. So they actually had like a little bird inside a model of my house um, that, that was in a television commercial, which was super cool because I was like watching it and I saw this little bird like fly in. It was like a small version of my couch and the coffee table that I have in my towel place. And the bird's kind of like looking around, like looking he's at home. And then actually had, like, we did like a tour of the office and actually saw the model of it. And I took a picture of the model of the house. And then there was like a whole campaign that they did where I got to see all the other um, beautiful. So like, you know, like one of the most magic uh, homes that was on there, I was like, it's like a mushroom house and all these other like famous homes that everyone, the glass, you know, the, 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 I think it's the mirror house. The mirror house is, is also another famous iconic properties that are on Airbnb. It's really cool to be part of that. That's amazing. That's amazing. I love that. Um, so you've been on Airbnb for like 13 years. So tell us, tell us your most interesting story uh, of, of what, what you experienced as a host. So I, I, I would say that, you know, hosting, it, it, it hasn't been completely a smooth ride. I mean, I've hosted thousands of guests, right? So it's kind of a percentage game at that point. You host a thousand guests, even if you have like 10 bad guests or something like that, that's actually still a pretty good ratio to have like, you know, a, a few, but the problem guests can be, you have to make sure that you manage those incidences correctly. And I think that's a lot of the nuance of being a, a super host, right? It's being able to uh, prevent problems before they become problems. I think one of the main problems that we encountered with remote hosting was complaints by neighbors um of things that are happening on your property so basically here's the situation it's like yeah if you're in the original um kind of situation that I explained which was like you know brian's hosting someone from india and sleeping on his couch that person is sort of like not going to be a problem right but in the event that you know you're hosting your house in lake tahoe for a group that's coming in that you know says they're coming in under some pretext but then you know, you end up getting complaints from your neighbors that they're throwing parties or they're being too loud or they're like, you know, uh, you know, smoking marijuana or, you know, like doing all these types of things that are in violation of your house rules. First of all, how do you prevent that from happening? And secondly, if something does happen, then how do you how do you deal with it? Um, and I think a lot of this is trying to create um, something where you can become a good neighbor. Because what a neighbor would do in that situation is, you know, they would call the host. And if the host doesn't pick up the phone, you know what the next call is going to be? It's going to be to the police. 
and or it's going to be to the homeowners association. So this is the type of situation where like every Airbnb doesn't want this to happen because it's sort of like these edge cases can end up spiraling out of control. And then there'll be like those scenarios where there are really bad headlines from the company. It's like terrible things happening on site, you know, people getting injured or, or worse. Right. Um, so part of this was sort of trying to understand that if you're not there, how do you, how do you manage a property to make it an experience that is good for the guests, but also good for the neighborhood and by being good for the neighborhood, being good for the host, and by being good for the host, being good for the platform, being good for Airbnb. So there was an incident that happened um, where I, um, first of all, I will accept responsibility for this because it was a last minute booking and it was in um, a property that I had in San Francisco where um, I was staying upstairs and then I had a unit downstairs that I rented out sort of like on a medium term basis for like 30 days. Someone came in with a really last minute booking. I was like probably doing something else at the time. Didn't, you know, spend the proper time that I should have to double check the guest background, make sure that they had positive reviews, sometimes speak to the guests before like, you know, accepting the instant booking. Um, so I think in a lot of these cases, uh, just overall, it pays dividends to be very, um, to use strong filtering with your guests to make sure you're comfortable with the guests that's going to be staying there. You ask the right questions. In this particular case, I didn't do it. Um, sometimes you can get away with it. Sometimes you can't. So in this particular case, the, the guest checked in, immediately um, started experiencing some issues, uh, particularly involving um, the smell of like heavy smoke, but not, it didn't really smell like, uh, it didn't smell like tobacco, I'll just say that. And I couldn't really figure out what it was. Um, and, and I had already purchased um, a device from Doris Company, uh, the Wind Halo, for my Lake Tahoe properties. But mainly because I wanted to do remote monitoring of forest fires. So uh, when the forest fires would... Um, so the Wind Halo um, is kind of a device. It just kind of measures the, the, the level of the quality of the air in the immediate surrounding area. And then it gives you push notifications. So like if I'm not in Tahoe and then there's a forest fire, but it's really far away and the air is still good, then I'm okay. But the moment that the air starts to change and get worse, I would get that push notification. I would like that being a remote, a remote host. So that was like an early product that Wynn had that I really liked for its sensor technology. So um, I also had one in my unit upstairs in San Francisco and going back to this case where I had this guest checking and downstairs kind of a problem. I started talking to them on the phone and I was like, hey, you know, like I can smell something. Can you stop, you know, doing whatever it is that you're doing? You're kind of violation of my house rules. Their response was, I'm not doing anything. So it's sort of like, what do I do at that point? Because now it's sort of like, I can't prove what they're doing because they're denying it. This is kind of a situation that I had before in Tahoe where like a guest causes damage. Maybe it's smoke damage or maybe it's, it's something related to partying, but you don't catch it at the right moment. It's not time stamped with the description. You, it have, you find out later from the next guest, but then maybe you accuse the next guest of causing the damage. Then the next guest is upset because you like already violated that trust. So these are the types of things that you have to, it's very critical how you manage the situations because they can affect your reputation as a host. So at that point, I started calling Airbnb 
And then Airbnb, uh, the customer service, they would reach out to because, because it's like, I'm not smoking or like, I'm not doing anything that you say. So, so what do I do at that point? So kind of came up with this creative solution where um, I uh, actually had the wind halo in my unit and I started taking pictures of it as the color changed from green to yellow to orange to red. And red is like bad. It was like very poor air quality. Um, and, and every time that the guest would be doing something that it would literally be coming up into my unit, it was affecting my sleep. I started waking up in the middle of the night, just like with really big headaches and stuff like that. So ultimately I was able to, to use the photos that I took of the wind halo device to Airbnb and say, look, it's 844. It's like, you know, green, 845, it's yellow, 846, it's orange, 847, it's red. And they sent it to Airbnb and ultimately they proved, I was able to prove that the guest was actually smoking in my property. So they reached out to the guest and they said, you're, you're smoking, we proof, we've proven it. Um, now we're gonna cancel the, the booking that, that you have with this host. Once they did that, then I was on my own to try to get this guest on our property because they were actually actively trying to squat there. And what I had to do at that point is um, very interesting. I had to um, hire a private investigator to look up the name of this guest. Um, I actually found that they had a criminal record and um, there was an outstanding warrant for their arrest. So that was the key that I used to be able to have the police come to my property, have the guest come out, and then they actually arrested the guest. Um, when they arrested the guest, um, once, once that had happened, then we were able to basically kind of physically recover the space back and then get, you know, whoever knew the guest to come back and remove all of their belongings. When the police went into my um, property, they actually uh, noticed something very disturbing, which was that the guest was smoking marijuana, but they were lacing it with other very, very hard drugs. Could have been PCP, could have been much worse. But that was why when the fumes started to filter up into my space upstairs, I was getting these terrible headaches at night. And, you know, it was, it was sort of like, it, 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 was, it, it was felt like something I'd never experienced before. So these are the types of situations if you can imagine that I wasn't the host, what if I was the neighbor and this was happening? And these are the kinds of situations where like, if Airbnb can't control these types of situations, this can really affect the reputation of the platform. So I'm really grateful to Wind at that time for like, kind of like having this sensor product. And I think, you know, maybe Dora can tell a little more, but I felt like what this this case study of what happens first of all a very interesting story that could happen to anybody but secondly i felt like when kind of like took this case study and kind of took it to the next level by coming up with a solution that could kind of help all hosts like myself that were in this type of edge case situation mm. yeah and i i always think that you know if if you're if you're planning on the hosting for a long time 
the question is not really like, is something like this going to happen? It's more like, when is it going to happen, right? Because right. eventually you're going to run into a, a situation like this. Where, and the reason why I was very interested to talk to you guys is because I've known for noise uh, monitoring devices for a while. We've talked about that on the podcast, how you can monitor noise. And the same thing, it's like, you know, you can use it as proof to send to Airbnb, Airbnb, right? To say like, hey, listen, like this is a 120 decibels that, that I'm be measuring on my device at 3 a.m. in the morning. This is clear evidence that the guests were making way too much noise. But I haven't, I'm not familiar with the smoke monitoring uh, devices yet. So that's why I'd love to hear from you, Dora, like a little bit more about the, 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 uh, the project, because I think that's very powerful to have in our units. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we started in the air quality space, actually. So, um, you know, the founders, Jason and Ray, um, they actually developed a proprietary air quality sensor um, because the ones on the market were either, you know, too expensive or quite inaccurate. So we started in um, general air quality monitoring and remediation for residential and commercial. Um, and on the consumer side, we found, you know, there were customers like Mark who actually would use our monitors for their short-term rental space. Um, they would use it to either, um, you know, prevent any types of situations where cigarette smoke was happening, um, or they would use it for evidence um, to be able to um, speak to the guests um, or, you know, speak with Airbnb. Um, so as we we saw more customers using it for that purpose we dived in a little bit deeper and actually developed a specific product to address this need. Um, so the, the product that we launched um, you know, uh, less than a year ago actually is called WinCentry. Um, and what it can do is it identifies specifically for cigarette, marijuana, smoke, as well as noise. Um, and uh, right now there's nothing that does it as accurately in the market as we do. Um, but it's the, the idea of the product is, you know, to be able to ensure that, uh, the hosts can keep their properties safe. Uh, they keep the communities and their neighbors happy, but also any future incoming guests have peace of mind knowing that the property that they go into, um, has been, you know, taken care of. Um, and there hasn't been any previous smokers, um, or partiers or, you know, even like edge case events. Um, so it really, you know, it really addresses the, you know, what Mark had, had, had talked about earlier, but this, he said, she said, where, um, you know, with things like cigarette smoke, you can't really, you can't really see it. Right. Like, and a lot of the time, what we've heard from, um, our customers is that, you know, they'll, they'll raise a claim or, or they'll talk about the issue, but they have no evidence. So this really solves for that because you have that, uh, reporting. Yeah, the yeah, reporting feature is really great. Really great. The reporting feature is great because um, what it does is it, it, it creates like a report that I could actually submit to my insurance company. And it, like in this particular case, like when the guest that, you know, was in my um, place, they caused over $5,000 worth of smoke damage. I had to have the entire um, floor painted. Um, over and, um, you know, drapes, curtains placed, all the furniture was ruined. So I think these are the kinds of incidences that you will take that report and then you will file it, you know, with your insurance company 
and then it'll be all timestamp and, and, and all that with the incident um, attached to it. And I think that's the kind of thing where like, that's the peace of mind where like, look, it can detect when things happen, but when things go, they actually, you know, do happen that I, I have this whole thing that where it's basically, I press a button and then boom, it like, you know, creates something that I can use when I submit that to my insurance company or else like, I'm worried, like, I might get denied on this claim, right? And then that would be, you know, even more expense for me as, as a host. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to kind of build on that a little bit, you know, um, even before the damage happens, the idea is really that, you know, hopefully you can deter any unwanted guests. A lot of our hosts will put it in their, um, you know, they'll disclose it in their listing and that'll deter a lot of these unwanted guests. But then, you know, in the event where an incident actually happens, over 90% of them are actually prevented because the monitor will detect it, send an alert, and the host can simply just politely remind the guests that you're not supposed to be smoking or making loud noises. Um, and most of the time, you actually stop the issue before it even starts. So, Dora, your noise monitoring it doesn't it doesn't um, it, it doesn't record like people talking and decipher like things that they're saying, right? It just it just basically measures like decibels, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's no recording. It's privacy safe. Um, that was intentionally designed that way. So one one question that comes to mind is like, can, so the the device can um, detect smoke. It it can also give you. It shows you a graph as well because it it shows like a, um, a level of micro or mini grams or I don't know exactly what what it is per uh, cubic meter uh, of air. So and and then it gives you a probability of what's the chance that somebody's actually smoking in there. Um, can you explain a little bit more about how how that works? Yeah. So um, the way that it's able to identify for different smokes types is using a technology called AirID, which is proprietary. And the way that it works is essentially um, it'll classify the different particle types. So for example, cigarette smoke has a different signature than candle smoke or cooking smoke. Um, And essentially um, using AI and using uh, the algorithms that we have um, in our technology, it'll be able to take images of these different particle types, analyze it in the cloud, and then essentially be able to tell you, you know, the probability of this particle type is such and such. Interesting. And it can, so it can also, dis- I was going to ask that actually, like it can also distinguish um, obviously from like the smoke that comes from uh, candles and stuff, but, but even like the, the difference between like cigarettes and uh, marijuana, it will be able to tell the difference. So right now um, within the app, it'll, re- uh, it'll classify it as recreational smoke. So cigarette, marijuana, vape all sit under this recreational mm. smoke alert. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely had this uh, had this issue where we were suspecting that people were smoking because you know, like other guests were saying, "Hey, it's, there's a weird this smoky smell coming out of the other unit." And then you know, you'd ask the guests, and they're like, "Nope, we're not smoking." And then it's like, "Okay, you know, what what do you do, right?" Um, and then after the fact, like, yeah, you could you could find like a cigarette butt, or you could find some ash somewhere, and then kind of use that as a as evidence, but it's, you know, it's, you much rather, you much rather prevent these things than, 
um, then, you know, be a, being able to get the damages uh, uh, paid for, right? So I, I love the idea of like p- putting that in the description of like, hey, you know, for your safety, we have uh, we have a device that that tracks like the air quality. Um, so, you know, to make sure that the air quality is, is, is perfect for during your stay. So just so you know, um, that we have that device there will, you know, probably prevent a lot of people from actually lighting up a cigarette. Right. Yeah. And you know, the, the damages aren't just as simple as, you know, for breezing the room, the smoke stays in the walls, it stays in the paint and the linens, the carpets. Um, so it is really expensive to, actually clean out all of those odors. Um, and it can also impact the guests that are coming in after, right? Because you have to mm-hmm. do a longer deep clean. You could potentially lose the following guest or risk your best business reputation by getting a negative review. Yeah, that's, that's a good point too. Of like, yeah, you can you can charge for like a deep clean, but then like like you said, like the, the smoke kind of goes into everything, right? Like all your furniture and like beds and, and everything. And you can't really... I mean, you can't really, if one guest is smoking, you can't really say, okay, well, that's, uh, I'm going to claim $200,000 to completely refurnish my entire home and like repaint the walls and everything. Uh, but over time, if a lot of people smoke, it's, it is going to affect, uh, affect that. It's very hard. Smoke is inherently very difficult to measure damage up because I think, you know, Airbnb, it really built its business on like what we were talking about, like photos, right? So a lot of this is like what you see. Whereas, you know, we're talking about with this device, we're talking about issues that are prevalent in short-term rental business, but it's also not just what you see, but what you smell and what you hear. And I think those are two senses that are not fully covered right now through this, you know, whole platform of remote hosting. And that's where these tools, you know, really come into play. Like even just for myself, like I just came back from a trip to the East Coast. I rented a car um, in New York City. And then when I went into the car, I was like about to drive it off. And then it kind of like smelled something. And it was just kind of in the back of my mind. I couldn't sit, but it was like I realized that after I've been driving for a bit that someone had been smoking like marijuana in this car that I had rented. And um, I I rolled down the windows and it was still there. And then finally I was looking at someone had put, um, I guess it's called like a roach. It's like the last part of a joint that still had some stuff in it. And it was like stuck in the gear shift knob. But it was like, you know, it's like, these are the kinds of incidences like, you know, it's like, do I ever want to go back to this rental car company again? You know what I mean? Because it's just like the fact that they, they, they couldn't spot this. It's, it's, it's terrible. Right. So these are the types of things. And then, you know, it's very strong, like this smoke, it, it, it really does permeate, you know, the, and it can ruin the experience and, and look, and like, I, I didn't have a small child or a toddler with me, but I can imagine, you know, if, like your young parents and stuff, like you'd be really upset that this happened, you know? 100%. Yeah. And those will make you feel like, okay, well, what else is in this car? Like if they missed that, you know? By the way, uh, one question that goes to mind, Dora, is uh, so if let's say the, we have a uh, a sentry device in, in our unit, right? And and guests come in and they, and they, they want to smoke and they see the device, like, 
can they like kind of mess with it somehow so that it's not going to detect the smoke, like turn it off or put some, put a plastic bag around it? Or is there anything they, they could do to mess with it? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, so we've designed it to be tamper proof. Um, and essentially, um, if it is tampered with, there is an alert. Um, let's say if someone tries to disconnect it, um, there's also battery life that will make sure that the device continues to record or continues, not sorry, re record, but to monitor. Um, so let's say a, a guest, you know, um, tries to disconnect it, you'll still be able to receive alerts and um, receive reporting on if um, anybody tries to smoke or makes loud noise. So you'll get the notification that someone did try to tamper with it, right? And then that that's an alert in and of itself. Is that how it works? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So then, so then again, like if they then smoke and you have that alert, and you can use that as a as, as proof as well, of saying like, "Hey, look, the guest like tampered with with our device," which is a breach of the house rules in the first place, right? Because you're not not allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. Um. Very cool. Um, is there is there anything anything that we haven't talked about yet that you think is important to share? Um, I think I think you know you've covered a lot of the basis. Um, it's you know we're we're seeing in the short term rental space anyways that um, there's a lot more noise ordinances, regulatory requirements around having short term rentals, um, and having a device like Sentry hopefully can help combat that and make sure that short-term rentals are operated in a safer manner that um, encourages, you know, happier mm -hmm. communities. I imagine, and I, I don't know if you noticed, but, uh, you know, for, for your clients that are uh, managing properties for other people, right? I imagine that it could also be a, almost like a selling point, right? If you, if you talk to an owner of a home and you say like, Hey, I'll, I'll manage your home. And, you know, I have these devices to make sure that people can't smoke and they can't disturb the neighbors with the noise. That's, you know, that's a, a good point, I think, to bring up in those kind of, in those talks as well. Have you, have you any, any experience with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we have a large subset of our customers that are property managers and uh, they'll actually, you know, they'll, they'll use Sentry as a, an additional service or a differentiated service um, by saying, they have, um, you know, cigarette or recreational smoke monitoring as well as noise monitoring that'll prevent, um, you know, really big damages that could happen to your home. Right. Because, I mean, I can imagine that could be a big concern for for owners of homes before they start doing Airbnb, especially if they don't have any experience with, with Airbnb because, you know, how, like, people don't have experience with Airbnb, they immediately go to, well, what if the guests destroy my home and, you know, they're really their mind is Im immediately to like what could go wrong. Right. So I imagine being able to, to say like, Hey, we're, we're, we're going to make sure that nobody can smoke in the home because we have this device is a, is definitely a, uh, uh, you know, we'll make the owner feel more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely that extra layer of protection. And, um, it, it really, the idea is to really be able to provide that peace of mind. Awesome. So, um, can you let the listeners know how can they if people are interested in in getting the uh these devices the wind sentry devices like how can they get a hold of them yeah so um you can find us at hellowind.com that's h-e-l-l-o-w-y-n-d.com 
Um, and uh, we've actually provided um, a discount to um, listeners to your podcast. Sweet. Tell us about it. Um, yeah. So there is a code, um, which I believe will be in the notes. Um, it's, it's padded. It's always padded. P-A-D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there's a pad discount. Um, it's uh, 10% off for um, all of your listeners. Nice. Awesome. So uh, if you're interested in getting one of the devices, hellowint.com and Wint is with a Y and not with an, with an I. Hellowint.com mm-hmm. and use uh, code PAD and you'll get, uh, is it 10% or is it $10? Uh, sorry, let me double check I that. Was, I thought it was $10. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Either, way, uh, either way, you're getting a discount. So. <laughs> yes. Sorry, no, that was my fault. Yes, it is. It's $10 off. All right, no worries at all. Awesome, guys. Well, I appreciate you uh, appreciate you being on the podcast uh, today. Um, good to uh, get to know you guys. I'm very I'm very interested in uh, actually getting the devices in our units because we definitely had some problems with smoking. So uh, we'll uh, we'll talk more uh, offline uh, about that. But uh, yeah, Dora, thank you so much, and Mark, uh, appreciate you jumping on as well, sharing your uh, your story and also the how it was of like hosting it on the Airbnb back in. Uh, Back in 2010, it was really, really interesting to hear. So thank you guys so much. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. All right. And thanks to the listeners. We'll be back on Friday with another episode. We'll see you then. Thank you. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.